0: Welcome to the Women's Playbook. We're here live every Thursday talking to you from New York City about the rising profile of women entrepreneurs in the US and around the globe. The Women's Playbook looks into timely issues influencing women owned businesses with an eye to informing, connecting, and supporting women, and occasionally dealing with odd noises. Worldwide, we're increasingly watching women launch and grow enterprises. The show also covers what I call the growing she economy, and that's the worldwide economic impact of women, and that's galloping. So every show encompasses some information and news for everyone, male or female, about how to be successful in the global market. Remember that one billion women are predicted to enter the global economy by 2020, and three-quarters of those women will be women owners, mostly because they cannot find conventional jobs in the developing regions. They're barred from really the staff jobs. So I'm looking to anticipate and make sense of that impact for you on the Women's Playbook. My name is Joanna Croats. I've been investigating the payoffs, the challenges of small business owners, particularly women-owned firms, For some years, as a multimedia journalist with a column on MSN, as an editor at Time Inc. for a small business magazine, and then also running my own business, a boutique content provider based in New York City. And that makes me understand everything going on that you're facing from the inside and the outside. Keeps me honest. And I have comparable challenges and decisions as my guests do. You'll find updates about the show at my Facebook page, The Woman's Playbook, at Joanna L. Croats or my Twitter account, at Joanna L. Croats. You can also find show podcasts to download on the website, womensplaybook.com. If you've got any comments, you'd like to suggest any ideas or guests for this show, I'd really love to hear from you. Email me at info at womensplaybook.com, or send me a tweet. I'll get back to you. Also, if you'd like to weigh in as we talk, or, or you can uh, ask questions or, or of me or my guests on air at 877 877- This week, I'll be exploring how to build a business that looks to the future, fashion-forward future, by developing mobile apps women want to download and use. My guests this week are Lori Cheek, founder of Cheek, who's been passionately building her online business for the past few years and is now poised to go mobile. And in the second half hour, I'll talk to Kelly Cajo, founder and CEO of Smart College Visit a very smart multimedia platform indeed that eases the challenges and anxieties for college-bound teens and their families. Before talking to Lori about her model, real-world, virtual-world combination, let's take a brief look at the astonishing explosion of mobile apps and the huge market opportunities they represent. Hard to, li- hard to believe, but it's been a mere seven years, only seven years, since the first iPhone was sold, which was in June of 2007. And, oh baby, look how far we've come. As 2014 dawned, back in January, for the first time ever, Americans used smartphones and tablet apps more than computers to access the Internet, a first Mobile devices accounted for 55% of internet usage in the US last January, while PCs added up to only 45%. And no one sees this accelerating change slowing anytime soon, especially with the ongoing boom in high speed 4G access on smartphones and mobile devices. The latest available data about mobile app downloads from ABI Research reports that 70 billion apps. That's B, billion apps, were downloaded in 2013. Amazing. And 58 billion apps went to smartphones, with 14 billion to tablets. So tablets are coming up as well. Add it together, and you get 10 apps downloaded for every man, woman, and child on the face of the earth. About half of all app app downloaders have paid for the app, as opposed to downloading a free one. So even the business model is developing. Folks are also diving into these apps and, not just, uh, and using them, not just moving the icons around. Mobile users spend an average of two hours and 42 minutes every day using devices, mobile devices, according to a survey from a web analytics advisory firm. The firm's called Flurry, and they gather data for more than one billion, again that B, devices each month. So they have a pretty good handle on the stats. When you look at that two hour and 42 minute average, guess what? A full two hours and 19 minutes out of the 2.42 are spent inside a native app. A native app, by the way, means an application program that's been developed for a particular platform or device. And that translates into 86% of average user time spent on a mobile inside an app, with a puny 22 minutes left for mobile browsers. So guess where we're going? When it comes to women in apps, surprise, surprise. We see that women are much more likely to spend time on social networking apps than men are. Women use Facebook for the Facebook app, for instance, every day by a margin of 64% women to 55% male. And it turns out men tend to be more impatient with apps as well. One Nielsen study found that 40% of men deleted an app they didn't find useful within a week compared to only 29% of women. In terms of Lori's idea for a mobile online dating app, Pew Research finds that a huge number of people are using dating sites via their mobile device. Three percent of all American adults say they've used a dating app on their mobile. And that, cl- that number climbs to one out of ten Americans when you get to a younger demographic, people aged 25 to 34, which obviously is a good target for online dating. Pretty good market. So Lori Cheek clearly has got the right idea. She founded Cheeked in 2008 after uh, about a successful decade in a successful about a decade in what the design biz calls contract furnishings. That is commercial and business furnishings rather than residential. She has a graduate degree from the University of Kentucky in architecture and worked from 1998 until the 2008 launch of Cheeked at several high-end contract furnishing firms in design, sales, and business development. Along the way, Lori helped plan and design offices for managing directors at Goldman Sachs and for standalone shop spaces for for the Christian Dior couture shops, boutiques, across the country. Now as an architect turned entrepreneur, Lori Lori is a veteran of the TV reality show Shark Tank, which of course has a mission of getting startups funded in, in its own inimitable way. She'll have to give us the 411 on that one. She was dubbed by American Express Open Forum as the digital dating disruptor. It's quite a crown. And one of the top 10 CEOs to watch. As Lori puts it, she's no longer building structures. She's now building relationships, one card at a time, which she's about to explain. Welcome, Lori. Thank you. It's good you're here. I'm happy to be here. So tell us how Cheeked, and that's C-H-E-E-K-D.com, Cheeked. Tell us how your service works and what you mean by building relationships one card at a time.
1: So if you've ever seen an intriguing stranger on your morning commute, whether it be in the subway or even in an elevator, you could never see them again. You could walk up and say hello, or you could simply slip them a Cheeked card. So a Cheeked member has a deck of 50 cards, and each card has a unique kind of pickup line, an icebreaker and a unique code. So if I slip you this card one morning and the train doors close, you're able to reconnect with me again online by simply typing in that code at Cheeked or downloading the app where you can communicate with me without ever giving any personal information away. So it's a little bit like a business card for dating with no personal information. Or it's kind of like the old school cocktail napkin gone digital minus the lipstick and the napkin and the phone number.
0: <laughs> so how, <laughs> how, what kinds of sayings do these cards have?
1: So, you know, they're, they're meant to be ice breaking. So some of them are snarky, some of them are funny, and some of them are romantic. But a few of my favorites are, I'm totally cooler than your date. There's one that says, I just put all my drinks on your tab. <laughs> <laughs> or for the subtle, there's one that says, I'm hitting on you. But there's more that say things like our fate is in your hands or this leads to someone you should meet. So I think leaving these cards, it it leaves the recipient with a a bit of intrigue about what they're going to find when they type in that code.
0: And how much does it cost to
1: join Cheeked? So you can buy a deck of the cards for $20 or you can customize your own deck of cards for $25. And we even have a Wall Street deck of cards that say things like my Amex is also this color, which is black. (laughs) And we have a doggy deck of cards that say things like, you'll like my doggy's style or I'd bark up your tree. So they're meant for people that are walking their dogs. And I feel like most people in New York that have dogs, that's kind of their companion until they find the true one, a human.
0: So I I mentioned you started this in 2008 and here we are at 2014. Take a deep breath. (laughs) (laughs) What happened in the intervening years? How's it going? So I I actually came up
1: with the idea in 2008 and actually didn't launch the business until 2010. So in 2008, I had a light bulb moment when I was out to dinner with another architect who was just a friend and colleague. He, uh, he had, uh, slipped his business card to a, to a woman as we were leaving the restaurant and he'd written on it, want to have dinner? And I looked back thinking, I love that intriguing moment. And he didn't. Interrupt the this dinner w- w- of the woman, so um, I had a light bulb that wouldn 't go off about how to take the business out of that business card and use it for dating
0: and i, I, w- I what happened when you decided to launch and had to look for funding, had to look for wherewithal, had to develop your website, had to do, you know, how did, how, how did that infrastructure time work for you?
1: So, from, from the moment that I had that idea, it took me one year of walking in circles with this idea, just telling everyone about it, which I probably shouldn't have told everybody, but it didn't fail me that I did. But um, I remember I was out at a Mardi Gras party one night, and there were two guys there that said, This is a genius idea, let's sit down and make it happen. So we met that Monday morning and started developing the business plan. And uh, ultimately, we bootstrapped the business and took a year to finally launch the site. So in May of 2010, we had a website, and I had self-funded the whole thing by outsourcing vendors from all over the world. So we had vendors in um, Bolivia, the Netherlands, New Zealand, America and uh, London, and we'd have these crazy conference calls at different hours. The the, the languages and the time differences—it was really difficult to uh, to schedule meetings and bring everybody together as as a team. But I did it successfully.
0: Yes, it's, <laughs> it's beginning to go. Um, we're going to come back in just a minute after the break and talk about how Lori is moving from online, the web browser. To mobile, which is um, a lot about what I was talking about in the intro and the lead up to this. So we are pivoting. Yes, just wait.
2: <laughs> You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
3: Bonjour, this is Dominique Decoq. Bonjour, c'est Tamara Zuboff. Bonjour, c'est Asania Koné. We are hosting Pardon My French, New York City. Our guests come from all over the world. From Mali to New Caledonia, from Paris to Quebec. French is a common language, yet they all come from different cultures, backgrounds, or countries. And their common desire is to make New York their home. Listen to them share their stories. Join us at Pardon My French, New York City, every Monday from 1 to 2 p.m.
4: The Conscious Consultant Helping conscious people be better business people
2: You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network
0: We're back talking to Lori Cheek about cheeked and being cheeky and all those cheeky things Um, I'm I had I had promised just before the break that we would come back and talk about mobile But I just want to circle back for something else. I promised which is what was the shark tank experience like? (laughs) It was an intense year leading up to that show
1: so for several years everybody was like you've got to get on that show the shark tank you've got the perfect kind of product and When they were casting for season five, one of my big supporters in Dallas, Texas sent me the link and said, why don't you just apply? So I clicked on the link. It didn't look too intensive to fill out the application, so I did it. And then it seems like six months later, I got a call from L.A., and I always know there's something exciting on the other end of the phone. So I answered, and they said, it's ABC Shark Tank. We like your idea, and we'd like for you to send us a video. So I spent a week making this video. And, uh, you know, I put everything I had into it because I wanted to tell 8 million viewers about my idea. So a couple months later, they said, you've been selected, so we're going to fly you out to L.A. And I think they fly about 200 people out there, and less than half of them actually end up airing. So through this whole process, there were lengthy applications I mean it it was I didn't understand half the questions they were asking me on those applications but I was going to figure it Are all out Were they business
0: or personal the questions
1: uh, Everything I mean about my IP lots of legal questions uh, the financial backgrounds they they wanted evidence of everything you know a, a law check on on me and uh, criminal checks just I mean, I, I didn't, I had no idea what I was getting into when I filled out that application. So I went out there in September to film and I don't think it could have gone worse. So when I told Mark Cuban that I felt like I could change the population with this business, he rolled his eyes and threw up his arms and said, you're delusional. And when somebody's delusional, I'm out. And it's only Mark
0: Cuban can. Yes.
1: So. From that moment forward, it seems like the rest of them just followed in suit. And, you know, Mark was the one that I had my eye on ultimately. And when he went out, I felt like I had just been stabbed in the stomach. And then Kevin O'Leary ended up saying, you know, you need to take your hobby behind a barn and shoot it like a rabid dog. (laughs) But I didn't care because I knew I still had a great idea. And whether these five billionaires got it or not, I was not going to quit. And I made it very clear when I walked off the stage. I pointed at them all and said, you will all see me again. And I turned around and walked out. And then I walked up to the producers. That's a cheat
0: card itself.
1: <laughs> exactly. So I walked up to my producers and I, I said, I hope that was bad enough for television. So I waited until February and then it airs. And I, we got about a hundred thousand unique visitors to the website. Wow. Thousands of people saying, whatever you do, don't quit. This was an amazing idea. You're ahead of your time keep going and it was just like we had these cheerleaders for you know all over the world
0: yeah it's terrific i mean it's not terrific you were rejected but it's terrific there was validation there so what's this pivot to mobile as i promised, we talk about why why are you doing this i mean aside from the stats i had at the outset what what prompted you to decide to do that
1: so everyone's been saying you you need to go mobile even in the three thousand emails on the shark tank we had already developed a mobile app but not doing what this app is ultimately going to do. So now we're live on Android and iOS, and you can even flick a virtual cheeked card to another member that you see on the app. (laughs) Okay. So we've gone there, and you can also slip your card to someone, and they can find you on the app. But... There's a new technology that will now allow, and the old school way that Bump did this, you can connect with people in the real world and then kind of message each other online or look up a little bit more about them so the person doesn't become a total stranger when you're passing them in the real world. But you know, we're in a day and an age where everyone is attached to their phones and they're not looking up to see what's around them. But this app that we're building is actually going to prompt people to pay attention to what's right in front of them because you know looking down at your phone a simple facebook status update the love of your life might just walk by and you'll miss the whole thing
0: right i i love the combination because all the people who are bumping into me because they're just looking down at their screen it's like a video game walking
1: down the street
0: seriously (laughs) except you get really bumped as opposed to virtually so (laughs) Exactly. So what, what does success look like to you? What, what, would it mean to you? Would it be a number of people who sign up? Would it be revenue? Would it be, what, what does that mean in your business? I mean, I think it's changed a
1: lot after four years of actually being live. And in the beginning, I thought this is such a genius idea that I'm going to be a billionaire within a a year. I already had my jet planned out what it was going to look like and everything. So four years later, I realized that's not how it works. And I think success has turned into just giving people an opportunity to change their lives with a tool that I'm offering them. I mean, there's 100 million single adults out there, and I find it completely mind-boggling why people can't find one another. And I feel like at this day and age, it's harder to meet people at a bar or in a coffee shop. I just don't know what happened to that human interaction. You know, even when you're on an airplane, you're tight next to somebody and half the time you don't speak when you could both be going down together in the end. And when do you want to have someone to hold on to? Anyway, that depends on who I'm sitting next to. (laughs) Very good point. But I just success to me now is just being able to help people connect and whether Kevin O'Leary wants to call this a hobby or anyone wants to say what I'm doing is, is not successful. It's already been a major success to me and I only strive to build it bigger and help more people. And I'll even be using it to find my new love.
0: Yes. Do you want to get into that?
1: (laughs) Maybe not. (laughs) The shark tank was a very intensive year, as I mentioned before.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I guess between the lines or between the cheat cards, it speaks volumes, yes, right? Yes, yes. So what what are, what, are some of the mistakes or missteps that you've made that would n- not necessarily to make you feel bad or embarrass you, but that would help other people who are going through a startup and, and trying to scale? Well, so as
1: an architect or designer, I really had no idea what I was doing building this business. As I mentioned, I just thought I'd have a website and I'd be rich in a year, but you know, even those two partners that I got on board with me in the beginning, they both had the same skill set, which was a huge mistake. I needed a technical person and a business person. And four years later, now I've got a CTO on board and he's bought out my old partners. But it took a long time to get over that hurdle of having the wrong people on board from the beginning. And even initially, I'd saved so much money in my career in design that. I felt like, oh, I can spend this here, you know, even on marketing, but made a lot of ridiculous mistakes in in marketing, choosing vendors. And I just would have...
0: But what does that mean, choosing vendors? Meaning publicist or different? um, What what do you mean by vendors and marketing? So
1: I've made some serious mistakes in technology, which was my main downfall on the shark tank, um, by hiring people that I... They just weren't legit. And, you know, for a year, my site was pretty broken and
0: was that to save money cuz it was cheaper or more affordable I mean I got some deals from
1: people that were outside of the US but really what I needed was someone right in front of me so I could put my hands around their neck when I needed to <laughs> joking <laughs> <laughs> only a little <laughs> <laughs> right
0: and the partners now are working with so I mean it's a learning experience it's a big curve uh, yeah I've up.
1: taken a crash course in in building a business like I feel like I have an MBA now
0: what What does this social media do for you? I know that you are markedly experienced and expert at at using social media How does that does it real is there really r o i are we just like i don't know flapping our <laughs> our tweeters our twitters at one another i just i find so much noise out there
1: i mean I do think there's a lot of noise, but if you become a character, like I've built a character for my business and I've even built my own character on social media. And it's almost like you're telling your story. So it's your, your virtual diary. And if people are interested, they follow you. And I've seen a lot of my followers end up purchasing cards. I'll recognize their name and I'm like, Oh, that one of my followers from Twitter just
0: bought a deck of cheat cards. So it depends on what you you think it depends on what kind of business or what kind of model or what kind of service you have that that social media uh, will be helpful or that there will be tangible ROI? Or is it just general thought leadership, branding? Yeah, I mean, I just – I really do think it's about a personality,
1: like giving your brand a personality and making it something that people want to hang out with in a way.
0: And do you think that the cheek has um – Any demographic inherent in it? Is it it for women? Is it for men? Is it for a certain age group? A lot of the online sites have, oh, for over 50, oh, for 20 to 30, and so on.
1: Well, I think that's the beauty of the existing model right now is we've got customers or cheeked card holders in 47 states in America and 28 countries internationally. We've had them written in four other languages. The ages range from 18 to 70, and... it works for anyone all over the world with access to the internet at the moment.
0: So we have a question from the crowd for Lori. Um, would it have been easier to build this business if you were male as opposed to female?
1: I don't think it matters. If To me, I, I feel like being a woman entrepreneur is it's special. You know, we stand out more than uh, the male dominated tech world. And, I even feel like the the people I've had around me are are very supportive of of women in entrepreneurship because we're just a minority. So um, maybe it would have been easier, but I appreciate everything I've been through building it.
0: Well specifically, the question had to do with a tech business, not just business in general, so because it was a technology business that that was the idea but um I, I actually spoke to someone yesterday who I was telling about the show, a guy I called up at an innovation center and he said, "Oh my God, women again, I wish I were a wa- I wish I were a woman. I need help with my business, so there is a lot out there, yeah. as you know from American Express Forum, Open Forum and Dell, and a lot of big deal people." Um, I still think women are having trouble getting funds. I still think women are having trouble with credibility. There was a woman who was a guest on the show a couple of weeks ago who said that she had an idea for a product, and just because she was a woman, no one took her seriously so it's up and down. We'll we'll see how it goes. But you think you can leverage being female. Certainly for this kind of business, um, the charm of it, it seems to me, does also align with being female. Yeah. I mean, I do think that
1: women have a hard time approaching a man because it's it's just not been that way in the past. And this just gives them a risk-free... Wait, was that
0: M.A.N. Man? A M-A-
1: yes. chest <laughs> <laughs> checking. But it, it gives them a risk-free way of... Of handing away their information you know it's it's a privacy protected safe flirty way to say i want to see you again and you've got nothing to lose except that card
0: so are there any weddings coming out of this yet was, not that i know of uh-huh. <laughs> which would be is that the what you think most people want to do when they get on an online site or is it just to find some partners i'd say it's half and half
1: i mean. I've actually met a lot of friends through handing these cards to guys, and you know, I often say that friendships last a lot longer than most relationships, so yeah. those, it's, very, it's very valuable in, in lots of, of ways using cheeked cards.
0: <laughs> and when do you have, or do you have any idea of when the mobile will launch, when you think it'll be out there? My
1: fingers are crossed in about six to eight weeks.
0: Uh-huh. And you'll have to sign up, you download it, you're going to be...
1: It'll be a free app. And Free app. Hopefully it will change the population, Mark Cuban.
0: (laughs) That would be great. So in a couple of years, you think you'll be online as well as mobile? I think it's going to be mostly mobile. I mean, it seems
1: that's the path at this point. People have been saying it forever. You've got to go totally mobile. And now we're giving it a shot. You know, once you hear something so many times. And I'm not leaving this concept of finding love in the real world. I'm sticking tight to it. So.
0: Well, love is in the real world, and the virtual love is a little scary, so I, yeah. I would agree with you. We're going to take a break, and then when we come back, we're talking to Kelly Cajo calling in from Blacksburg, Virginia, who is a uh, really expert at developing mobile apps, among other many things. So just hang in with us. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day.
2: Hi, I'm Austin Marola. And I'm Sloan Wainwright. We're the hosts of the new Thursday morning show, The Music Power, Power Hour. At 11 a.m. We're going to have fun. And shine the light on all aspects of music. And its limitless healing possibilities. We're going to invite artists to share their songs and play live. We'll be listening and talking about great music from yesterday to today. So you're invited to share in our musical conversation. Your ears will be delighted with the sound of music. And our voices. Join Austin. And Sloan. Live Thursdays at am on talkingalternative.com
4: I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, Big Nonprofit Ideas for the Other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Hi, this is
0: Joanna Croats at The Woman's Playbook on TalkingAlternative.com. Join us every Thursday, at 12 noon to 1 p.m. We're talking about the rising she economy and about women entrepreneurs and their growth, their triumphs, and the businesses they run, which is different than the way men run businesses. Every Thursday, Twelve to one PM on TalkingAlternative.com. It will help you start, run, and grow your business.
4: Hey,
1: all you crazy
2: listeners looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at TalkingAlternative.com.
0: Hi, it's Joanna Croats at the Women's Playbook. We're back talking about the power of mobile apps and the mobile lifestyle and how women are benefiting and profiting from that. I'm about to talk to Kelly Cajo, who's calling in from Blacksburg, Virginia. Kelly founded something called Smart College Visit back in 2009. It's a multimedia platform that is mobile and on the web that helps students and parents cope with the fraught and daunting challenge of searching for the right college particularly with information and support for that all-important campus visit. Before founding Smart College Visit, Kelly worked in software sales and as a mobile app and web developer. She also spent seven years as the marketing and public relations coordinator for undergraduate admissions at Virginia Tech, clearly gaining the inside view of college recruitment and higher educational marketing. Expanding her college visit concept, Kelly, also a serial type person, founded RadfordLodging.com and BlacksburgLodging.com, local online travel guides for hotels, dining, and entertainment for her region, which help when people are visiting the area, when they visit for colleges and other things. SmartCollegeVisit.com, SmartCollegeVisit.com, has been listed in the top 100 education advice blogs and is one of the top five college visit sites. Welcome, Kelly.
5: Hi, Joanna. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, I'm delighted that you're here. And I I am actually incredibly admiring of the way you have combined marketing with tech because it's an unusual combo. And I guess we'll get to that. Tell tell us the inspiration for Smart College Visit.
5: Um, When I began working in uh, college admissions, uh, my very first task was to, this was back in the 90s, so way before web and mobile, um, was to rewrite the campus visit planner and make it more friendly and get the information in front of people who were planning to visit campus. And that whole concept of uh, the importance of a campus visit was uh, ingrained in me from, the, from my very first day on the job in uh, admissions at Virginia Tech. when I. Left Virginia Tech and went to work uh, as a consultant and sales and sales with other for other colleges and universities. Um, It was the same thing. Everybody wants more people to visit campus, and so I felt like if there was a way to put that information into a consistent uh, format to make it easy for parents and their teens to get the information they need to visit campus, then I would be doing a pretty good service to the college-bound audience.
0: It's a very broad platform. I mean, you have to include so much information about travel, about lodging, about entertainment, about the school, about timing, about scheduling. How hard was it to develop?
5: Well, the the website currently provides travel logistics to every college in the country. And as technology improved, that became actually easier and easier to do because of the ability to coordinate things with latitude and longitude, Settings and all of that. The um, the challenge of getting the other type of data, such as events that are going on a campus and the actual schedule of campus visits, that's a work in progress. As we work with colleges individually, we try to incorporate that information and and we invite schools to update that content on the site. There's no charge for them to do that, and we are really our goal is to build a very rich experience for the. For the college-bound teens and your parents who have to plan these campus visits, because they're not planning one visit, they're planning five, six, seven, ten. Some parents twenty college visits. So why not make it easy for them?
0: And how does the mobile app work? Do I just get everything everywhere, or do I zero in on a region? How do you, how do you break it down so that it's intuitive for people to use?
5: Well, the 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 specific mobile app that. Um, I've developed our four specific colleges. So, for instance, Visit Virginia Tech is the navigational guide to that campus. Um, Explore UNH is the uh, campus guide for the New University of New Haven. So Smart College Visit in its mobile, um, on its mobile side is really just mobile compatible at this moment, and um, I haven't taken the uh, thousands of colleges that are on the website and put them into a mobile app yet. In fact, I have been... Actually planning that as the next move. Um, I didn't want to just duplicate what was on the site. I wanted to come up with what would be useful, you know, to the user. And I didn't. And anyway, I have that concept down now, and I'm writing the spec for it right so, now.
0: So, what makes a good mobile app? What makes is it is it niche? Is it as specific as possible? Is it um, fast? What or all of the above?
5: I'll see that. That's a great question. (laughs) Um, Let's see. You know, you look at what what is one of the most popular apps out there to gain. Angry Angry Birds. Birds. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) so um, you can't take, I don't think you can take an Angry Birds approach and turn it into something, you know, uh, informational and make it, that much fun to use, but I think you can cr- put great content together with a nice user interface and add in some of the things that just make mobile um, a wonderful tool, such as um, you know geolocation uh, and and the ability to, to connect with people. So if you can combine all of those, you know, really take advantage of the functionality of the technology plus great content, then you have the magic combination.
0: We're having a little bit of static, so maybe you um, need to talk into the, the phone a little more clearly. What, what don't entrepreneurs know or understand about developing a mobile platform? Is it just how painstaking it's going to be or how much time it takes or how, how, how collaborative it is? You still there? well we're having we 're having a bit of trouble. maybe Kelly can call back in. Um, I think that would be the best thing, but it's undoubtedly in my experience, the moms who are doing the online research for colleges and visits and travel and so forth because women have um, been noted, and many surveys have come out uh, pointing this out that women do online research a lot more than uh, men do, so i 'm assuming that the the college research And we'll hear from Kelly back in a minute um, that when she's developing when she's developing the platform, she probably has women in mind. But we're going to figure out where we go from here. Kelly's now back. Sorry for the interruption. Are you out there?
5: I'm here. I don't know what happened, but thank you. We don't
0: either. It was probably your your, your competitors, whoever they may be. So I was just <laughs> saying while you were um, frantically dialing <laughs> that it's probably moms who are uh, looking at your site and the mobile apps for colleges more often than men. Can you valid, Can you confirm that for us?
5: Well, yes. Uh, I mean, our demographics show that in terms of the users who use com and um, we... Uh, Really, I considered moms the primary audience when I developed this site. Um, I went in knowing that moms plan seventy percent of family travel, and other other data show that um, of the of in a, in a mom and dad household that there are that moms typically take the lead in helping their children uh, navigate the college admissions process.
0: And what is there a difference between mobile apps? I mean, a little bit I saw in the research that men like productivity, women like um, fitness and wellness. Um, it, do, you, do you think about the ways that the genders use mobile apps when you're creating it, or, or it's all the same, just quick information? Uh,
5: that's a great question. Um, I I don't know much about how men use mobile apps. I, I because I being really a girl, focus, right. Um, I got yeah. that. <laughs> and um I I know what I like, you know. So for instance when it comes to um I like things that help me be more product, more productive. I I like um I like the ability to get information where I need it. I mean women do as you know, you've had so many statistics about this, women do uh they do the bulk of the shopping, they they lead in um advising uh, what to buy, whether it's, you know, whether they're contributing to technology cards, um, houses, any of that. And so uh, being able to help them um, get access to that information that's going to help them make a good decision, I think that's the value of of a, of a mobile app.
0: Right. And t- tell me, I, uh, you're developing mobile solutions for colleges around the country that aren't necessarily about um, for, for teens and families. You're also helping them move toward a mobile platform. Is there resistance? Are they savvy? Is that something you see as building your model going forward?
5: Oh, no. I, I think I think most colleges and universities um, are looking to uh, become more mobile friendly. And it's it just takes a while to, to get everything in place, and and you know higher education is, is a slow moving um, a slow moving train. So there will be some components of you know a large university they're going to get to mobile faster than others, and and it's hard to keep up with how technology changes. It's all you know that's always been the case. So for instance, there are way there are mobile solutions that aren't necessarily apps. So um, explain the, explain assets.
0: explain the difference between those two I'm not sure everyone really understands that well
5: um, having your website or even a portion of the website designed so that it reads well on a mobile device um, can be as simple as um, and just how it's coded you know so for instance, um, there are tools and software that is um, has a, what's called a responsive design so that the, the the, what you see on the screen will adapt to the different screen sizes that you have, whether you're on a on a small mobile phone or a, or a tablet or, you know, there's so many sizes of all of these devices. So using that type of technology to build your website is, is probably the first step to creating something that's going to be mobile-friendly.
0: And then... How does the revenue model work for you and maybe for other people who are developing? I know it takes, it has taken a lot of dough to develop a mobile, and I have some information at the end of the show about things that are changing, so we'll get to that. But the revenue model for you is you are paid by colleges or consumers? How, do, how does that develop?
5: For mobile app development, colleges, contractors need to build their apps.
0: I see. So you work as a third-party vendor? Basically, for them, so it's branded Smart College Visit, but they are behind your development?
5: Actually, it's branded for the college.
0: Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so, so it makes it much more proprietary for them. Well, that's really smart. <laughs> so they look clever and you, you're making out okay as well. And you must be doing, I don't know, hundreds of those as you go forward, right? Well, I hope to. Yeah. What, what is it that, um, I asked Lori this question as well. What is it that you think you stumbled over that would help other people as they go forward doing this? As we go forward building apps or yeah, well, in bil- Lori situation? Well not just well, if you have something for Lori and we only have a minute before we're gonna take a break, so maybe you want to think about Lori, but just generally in in building a mobile app is are there characteristic kind of missteps that people might uh, avoid that you know about?
5: Uh, Well, I think it's always going to cost more than you think it will. (laughs)
0: Yeah, (laughs) I I, I saw. I should have seen that coming. And longer, more money, right? So
5: it's true. Uh, I think the the biggest challenge is
0: actually narrowing down what the goal of the app is. Oh, and you know that's very yeah, that's very smart. Okay, we're going to take uh, a break. Thank you, Kelly. Sorry we had that little trouble, but we'll come back and um, maybe we can interact with all three of us talking about moving forward with mobile apps. Thanks, and you're on uh, the Women's Playbook.
2: You're listening to The Talking Alternative Network.
3: If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at Monty at MontyTaylor.com. That's Monty, M-O-N-T-Y at MontyTaylor.com. Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional
4: medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you.
2: Talking Alternative Radio. 24 hours a day.
0: Hi, we're back on the air. This is the Women's Playbook. We're talking with Kelly Cajo, co-founder and CEO of Smart College Visit, among other kinds of online businesses. We were just uh, wondering whether um, there are certain things you should leave to a mobile app, certain things you want to decide to put out to consumers via the mobile app versus retain on your website. And I'm wondering if you have any idea about that, which kinds of information... Or activities or sources would be better one way or another. Does that matter?
5: Well, I think the strength of um, the mobile platform is geolocation information and and networking, connecting with others. Whether it's through you know a text messaging um, uh, system or uh, or through sharing, you know, maybe the sharing apps are huge. You know, Instagram. Facebook, all of those things. So, I think those are the core components. And um, when you build an app that's going to um, allow that or enable those technologies, I think you're going to have a pretty, a pretty powerful, uh, and, and a pretty powerful app. And something that the consumers or the users are expecting.
0: And online, does it matter? For instance, do you get advertising on the website that you couldn't have on the mobile app? So you want to really leverage that.
5: Um, mobile advertising is is huge. So um, you uh, more probably the better question is which one or which platform are you going to choose to advertise on mobile uh-huh. or or web or both.
0: And and going forward, Lori was uh, wondering if based on your experience, if you had any thoughts about where her mobile app should go. She was um, concerned, for instance, that it's almost like a whole new business model.
5: Yeah, it is. And, um, you know, I, I was talking with um, uh, Bill Rasher from Atomic Access uh, the other day um, in a mobile app development company, and, and we were talking about that very thing about, you know, what, I asked him what would his advice be to to getting started uh, to develop something in mobile, and, and he said, which is what I did too, started out with the first app was for the iPhone. Um, because the, um, having your app in the iTunes Store, you know, gives you a presence and a, um, and, a and an audience and a way to um, get found that is a little easier, a little more streamlined uh, than in in Google Play.
0: Right, think, and also especially with a younger demographic, you're likely to have more people on iPhones who are younger, although that's changing too. <laughs> and mm-hmm. now I've, I've been watching some advertising from Google that's basically saying, oh, my God, it's all the geezers on iPhones, so we have to move to to, to Android. So maybe that will change in the next few years. Where um, Where do you think you start with um, with developing a mobile app? Do you start with the vendor? Do you sit down? I mean, it seems a very long process, and and I guess – there could be a little light bulb above your head that says, okay, I'm going to go mobile, but, but what's the next idea? How you can, as you said earlier, focus on what the goal is.
5: Yes. Um, yeah. Focus on what the goal is, What what do you want the, what you, what do you want the user to experience when you're using that app? Um, what did you want them to, why do you want them to love it? You know, because, um, if someone's going to keep it on their phone and, and make use of it, they're going to want to love that experience, and it's going to have to you know, meet a need that they have. So it's like with any product development in, in that regard. Um, and, you know, the basics are pretty much the same as anything you're going to plan. You know, you're going to make an outline of what type of content is is you're going to want to have on the app um, and where are those places that you know, people are going to interact with it throughout the app.
0: And do you think, which is the question we had earlier, that it was harder for you to develop this as a woman in the field? Marketing, there are lots of women, but in web development and mobile app development and technology, of course, not so much.
5: You know, um, I have been really fortunate uh, here in Blacksburg. Our technology community is pretty amazing, and I have been able to partner with um, people who, are, who have stronger expertise in, um, in development, and where, my expertise is really focused on content, and so we've been able to work together uh, to produce some, some really nice apps
0: and Where do you go from here? What does success look like? Is it just a mobile app on every campus that's owned by Kelly Cajo
5: <laughs> that would be awesome
0: yeah, awesome <laughs> 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 what what do you what do you have in mind as you go forward?
5: you know the um there is so much more that can be done related to enhancing the visit experience for the user and I think that mobile can play a big part of that and so um, those are that and um, streamlining still streamlining the process for getting registered for the campus visit, getting getting to the campus, um, all the travel logistics that are involved. I just want to continue to improve that process and, and expand the type of information that the parents and the teens want when they're visiting the campus. So going for a more robust um, user experience is my goal.
0: And you get feedback from people who are using the mobile and not not really. Have you gone out to the community and said, how can I improve this? Or you're just watching what they do? How does, how does the interaction work?
5: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little of, of of both of those things. Um, some feedback, the best feedback is actually when you're talking with someone who, who says, oh, I have that on my phone. I use it every day. Or, my mom loves this. Yeah, <laughs> things like that. So I like, I like that personal feedback. And, um, and when I can go to events on campus, campuses, you know, then I, I try to get that information.
0: Mm-hmm. And the, um, the nationwide um, kind of attraction of this, I mean, if people are doing five or six different college visits, do you see them connecting to a community? So, for instance, if I were to be um, visiting one school, might I connect with a parent who's coming from somewhere else in the country? Can you see building a community like that?
5: That could happen. Um, it already happens to some degree offline. You know, because there are um, the college admissions uh, process is cyclical. There are certain windows when there are a lot of people traveling to visit colleges, and it's not uncommon that you find yourself, um, especially in the Northeast, where a lot of colleges are close together. You know, where you might you might go, you might be in Boston and go to the same three colleges with the same people. You know that you encountered at the previous college and. So things like that happen. Um, Whether or not people want to connect in that way, I don't know if that's a need. Um,
0: Yeah, that's like sitting next to that person on the airplane. (laughs) You never know. (laughs) You never know. Do you have a notion of where we go from here? Where do you think we're headed in terms of mobile apps? There seem to be a proliferating number, and some are kind of dreadful, and some are sort of silly, and is it just going to shake out? Do you have any idea?
5: no it'll probably mirror what the web is <laughs> so,
0: because, what you mean just people will find whatever they want and go forward with what that has to do do you think there's any specific kind of um women friendly apps that we've been talking about that will um um surface certainly online dating we know that yeah you know the um when i think about women friendly apps um
5: I think about things that um, women have to think about on a daily basis, such as um, uh, where they're going, how to get there, and um, and is it safe to go there? You know, so I think that apps that help you, um, like I think there's one called um, Cab for Women that, um, you know, lets you call a cab so you don't have to be out on the yeah. street trying to fly, you know draw attention to yourself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, things like that, I think those are very important. Um, I think shopping apps, comparison shopping apps are are just fabulous, mm-hmm. um, and, and if you're doing most of the shopping, you want to save money, you want to get the best deal. Um, I love my, my Kroger coupon on my phone, so I don't have to take coupons with me to the store. Those are small things, but they make a big difference in, in the amount of time you have to spend doing something.
0: Well, thanks. Just to sum up, um, to let you know what's going on with small businesses out uh, across the country, (laughs) about 80% of U.S. small businesses now have a website, but only about 17%, that's less than one in five, have their own mobile app. And the reason for most owners has been the cost of development. So it's interesting in the past year or so we're seeing a proliferation of DIY digital tools, do-it-yourself digital tools that small business owners can download and create out-of-the-box, affordable solutions for a branded mobile app. And these can be scheduling appointments, paying invoices, sending out coupons, as Kelly just said, or time-sensitive offers. So if your business is missing a mobile solution in presence, you're likely missing customers and stakeholders. And you want to reach out to your customers with an app that they can download and purchase either or for free within an app store rather than relying on them to search you out Via the, the the web, you want to reach them, as opposed to um, as opposed to them trying to find you. I think um, in addition, the Online Media Marketing and Advertising Association put it recently like this: the right ad, the right person, the right place, and the right time equation is about to get much more complicated. So constant connectivity means that life itself life itself is the new media. Imagine. Next week we'll be talking about uh, what I call just say ohm, which is older women market and the opportunities that are coming from identifying markets that people are not paying much attention to. And we'll be talking to someone who's developing a new business and an expert on putting that business uh, out there in a in a much larger way. This is the Women's Playbook. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week.
2: You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
4: Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Leibowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people.
2: Hi, I'm Austin Marola. And I'm Sloan Wainwright. We're the hosts of the new Thursday Morning Show, The Music Power Power Hour. At 11 a.m. We're going to have fun. And shine the light on all aspects of music. And its limitless healing possibilities. We're going to invite artists to share their songs and play live. We'll be listening and talking about great music from yesterday to today. So you're invited to share in our musical conversation. Your ears will be delighted with the sound of music. And their voices. Join Austin and Sloan live Thursdays at 11 a.m. on TalkingAlternative.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.TalkingAlternative.com. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day.
3: Talking Alternative. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at Monty at MontyTaylor.com. That's Monty, M-O-N-T-Y at MontyTaylor.com. Are you suffering from aches and
4: pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at two one two seven two one eight one eight three. That's two one two seven two one eight one eight three. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you.
2: TalkingAlternative.com